Today's topic, the COVID-19 vaccine and the ingredients. Welcome to episode 15. Let's delve in. Get ready to discover yourself, grow and transform your world here at Smiley Talks with your host, Joseph Paul Smile. Good morning. I am Joseph Paul Smile, the CEO of Smile Marketing Agency and your host for Smile Real Talks. Smile Real Talks is super laser focused at helping you discover yourself, grow your business and transform your world by connecting you to countless entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts and professionals that are well experienced in business, health or relationship matters. So today we just want to talk about the ingredients inside of this COVID-19 um, vaccine. That's all I want to talk about. But before I jump into that, um, I want to say a big welcome. I want you to please tell us uh, more about you and let's know you more. Okay, so um, my name is Jacqueline Dunn and I am a holistic health coach. Um, I started my well-being career studying nutrition and, um, and hypnotherapy, so mind and body. And um, now I guide and support people to be healthier, hopefully medication-free in a lot of instances. Sometimes people come to me on a lot of medication and we're able to get them to at least reduce it, sometimes become medication-free, um, just by looking at how um, the body needs support rather than with medication, the body is forced to do something rather than looking at the root causes and the underlying causes. And that's what I do. I look at the root causes. We go a bit deeper than allopathic medicine, I would say, um, because they kind of mask symptoms with prescriptions. We don't do that. We're looking for the root causes and we're looking to fix those, um, be it in, in the mind or in the body. All right, great. So you see, um, talking about this, your journey of being um coach because I know you're a coach, a holistic um, whole body care coach, and it's amazing to uh, that you've helped a lot of people, and which takes us to the point where we're talking about this vaccine and how it's it's going to affect a lot of lives on there, inside of uh, just way beyond the UK, because I know you stay in the UK, and way beyond the UK, the entire world. I listened to your story. I listened to your story when you were talking about your daughter so many years ago. And um, I would love you to share that story with us before we even jump in, because that was the major um, reason, even why we have to be careful about vaccines generally. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a mother of two girls. They're nine and 12 years old. And when I had my first daughter, um, at eight weeks old is when we have the first set of vaccinations in the UK and so I took her um, I must say at that point I wasn't a health coach I, I was an accountant at that point so I was um, not really aware of health and well-being it wasn't on my radar and I just did exactly what all new parents do and when they come to eight weeks the doctor tells you that they need to come for an appointment and you take them with absolute trust that they will be fine and this is in their best interest um, 20 minutes after her appointment where she had the vaccine um, given to her, and that one is an eight-in-one in vaccine in the UK, so eight different um, viruses, well, pathogens, and she had, a, she had a fit, so she started to convulse and shake um, about 20 minutes afterwards. And by that stage, we just got home, so I rung the surgery, and the surgery actually said to me, oh, it's a febrile convulsion, she's probably got a temperature. I said, no, she doesn't have a temperature. Oh, don't worry, it's a normal reaction, just give her some um, cowpole to take the temperature down. I was like, she doesn't have a temperature. Um, and they was a little bit dismissive. And I rung my mum, who was still alive at the time. I've lost her since. And she um, actually worked in the NHS at the time. Um, so she's got a little bit of um, knowledge in healthcare. And she said to me, I think you need to do some research and have a look at what they just gave your baby. And that is when I started to research. And to be honest, I haven't stopped. So she's 12 now, and I still continue to look at studies on both sides from pharmaceutical, um, from what they call the anti-vax community, although those studies are few and far between because they're very hard to get funded or peer-reviewed. Um, and I've been researching that ever since. And the things that I found out during that, that 10 years of research have been 
very, very frightening. They have um, thrown a lot of doubt um, and trust uh, into the trust that I have in in medicine and healthcare, um, and and also the the whole the whole system in terms of who we trust, the government, the judicial system. Um, I, I don't feel that there is a lot of trust to be had around this topic of healthcare, which is why this situation we're in now with COVID nineteen, I can I can see the similarities between the control that they try to get around the subject of vaccines and the control that they're trying to get now around this this virus. Um, that the, it's a very similar situation. So I've I have been looking into this for about for more than ten years now. Yeah, and talking forward about your daughter, did you notice like the specific cause of that? Maybe something that wasn't the ingredient in her, from your research that is probably the cause of that? It's very difficult to say because um, as you may already know, an ingredients list for a vaccine is extensive. You're yeah. looking at hundreds and hundreds of ingredients in any single vaccine. So it's difficult to know what caused the reaction. My opinion, knowing what I know now, is that um, when you give a vaccine that has six, six to eight, well, it's an 18 vaccine, eight different pathogens, um, you are overstimulating the immune system. You're asking the immune system to respond to something, and it, it kind of... It creates, it creates an overstimulated immune response. You're also injecting rather than ingesting. So generally, when we, when we come into contact with pathogens, we will breathe them in, they'll be ingested, they go via our immune system, which is in the gut, and the immune system recognizes it's something it needs to fight. When you inject pathogens, you bypass the gut which is where 90% of your immune system is. So it's going straight into the bloodstream. The immune system is on high alert. What on earth has gone on? We didn't know this was happening. It didn't go past our first line of defense in the gut, and it creates an overstimulated response. Thank God she doesn't have any um, severe long-lasting effects. Um, she has quite a strong dairy allergy now um, so we do have to keep her away from dairy um, but other than that there isn't anything she ha she carries a hell of a lot of um, bacteria in the respiratory system which I know because I can test for those now with what I do with my job um, so I can see that she carries a lot of streptococcus staphylococcus which are bacteria that cause reoccurring throat infections and very pre um, prevalent in children and when you consider that most of the vaccines on the schedule are given to children I don't don't think that's a coincidence um, so yeah she's she's well I'm lucky because I hear from parents on a daily basis who have dead or damaged children because of they of the vaccines so yeah we, we I mean I feel incredibly lucky that I had that awakening and I didn't have to pay a very severe price as many people do unfortunately yeah you know this is gonna make a lot of people like you said even before you jumped for the, you know, it's going to make a lot of people not to trust the medical field. I mean, even the entire hospitals that we do go for and, you know, submit our lives to them and trust them that they're going to help us. It's something that's quite, you know, quite gruesome to consider. So going forward on this, you see the coronavirus, let me start with that, the coronavirus, a lot of people say it's, it's not real. A lot of people say it's real and, um, I want to, because the vaccine we're also concentrating here, even before we maybe digress a little, is basically the coronavirus vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. So you see, a lot of people think it's real. A lot of people think it's not. What do you have to say? Because I had to even call a friend and she told me of um, her friend that was, I mean, her relative that had the virus. And someone else also came and said how his, uh, his sister had the virus and she was able to recover. So it still makes it makes me get confused because I don't know anybody really close to me or that knows. Okay, I just know someone that knows somebody, but it's like it's just a whole ass, you know, it's all fake and not real, a political move per se. So what do you have to say about that? Okay, so first of all, the first thing I want to say is I have spoken to people in person that have had a positive test. Um, I've also spoken to people who have had been diagnosed with COVID over the phone. 
So they called the health centre and the health centre said, you've got all the symptoms, it's probably COVID, you need to isolate. So going into our stats are figures of people that have had a test and figures that have, of people that have actually been diagnosed over the phone. That's going into our stats. So we're seeing all these stats, all, the, all these people, all of these cases, um, but how many of them are actually a real COVID case? And are any of them a real COVID case? Because when we look at the uh, science that's going on behind the virus, the virus hasn't been isolated. So if the virus hasn't been isolated in a human, how can we test for it at all? So when you look at the tests, the tests are PCR tests and they are not supposed to be used as a diagnostic for any viral diagnosis. That, that, that's, that's, been, that's been stated by the person that actually made PCR tests. So what are they testing for? Why are these positives coming back? Here in the UK, the government have actually stated that 30,000 tests tested positive when actually they were not positive at all. So again, we have made decisions on people's lives, you know, closed businesses, closed schools, uh, um, stopped people from seeing their family, based on false stats, because 30,000 cases were not actually cases. And then we have this, the, the, the fact that um, the government, again, in the UK, have stated that they have over-certified the deaths. So... For example, on the 16th of April, I think it was, um, Patrick Valance, which is the chief medical advisor here in the UK, he stated that not all, everybody that has COVID on their death certificate may not have died of COVID because they may not have even received a test. So how can we certify a death when we haven't even tested that person? That's quite frightening. Um, when this first happened, when we first went into lockdown and there was a lot of press and there was a lot of fear mongering, I have somebody in my family who's 87 years old, my husband's grandma. And so I said, okay, let's give it four weeks and let's all stay away from her and we'll just speak on the telephone and we'll keep her safe because I want to have a look at the stats over the next four weeks. So for four weeks, I looked at the statistics for the Office for National Statistics, Public Health England, NHS England. I looked at those stats, not just for this year, I compared it to the last five years. The first thing that I noticed was there wasn't anybody that extra amount of people dying. We wasn't looking at a pandemic level of figures compared to previous years. In fact, at that stage, there was two previous years, 2015 and 2018, which actually had more deaths because we had bad flu seasons them years. Then I noticed that deaths were similar in numbers, but being certified differently. So for the same period in 2020, we had a lot of COVID deaths, but we had hardly any flu, pneumonia, cancer, heart disease. When in the previous years, they were all quite high. So it wasn't the fact that there was this new virus, it was the fact that this virus was being certified as a cause of death when probably it may have been a contributor but not a cause. So when you have a death certificate, you have a primary cause of death and that's the thing that should go on the death certificate. So if somebody died of a heart attack and they had COVID in their system, heart attack should be going on their death certificate because that's what killed them. That's not what was happening. COVID was going on the death certificate. And then last week, we had an announcement from Matt Hancock, who is our health secretary, and he stated that he wants an inquiry into the Public Health England figures. And the reason he wanted an inquiry is because Public Health England were going through all the results that were coming back positive. They were looking to see if those people were still alive. If they weren't still alive, they were classifying the death as COVID without any investigation. So that person could have had a, a positive test, gone into 14-day uh, shielding, came out of 14-day shielding absolutely fine, no symptoms, because we can be asymptomatic carriers, got hit by a bus, but now he's got COVID on his death certificate. That could be happening. And so, yeah. so basically, we have locked down the world, we have collapsed the economy, we've exacerbated a mental health crisis 
we've dishonoured and disrespected our elderly because they've been locked in care homes, unable to get medical treatment. We've stopped people accessing medical treatment, so they're now saying that 35,000 extra deaths because of cancer, diagnosis and treatment has been stalled in a lot of instances, all based on a set of stats that are now under a public inquiry. It's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous that we've allowed this to happen. And actually, if we can trust the stats, what the stats are telling us is that there's a 99.97% recovery rate from this virus. So if that is a recovery rate, why are we even looking for a vaccine in the first place? Yeah. And let's not even forget that a vaccine for a virus, viruses mutate. So therefore, we've, by the time we get the vaccine, it will be null and void because it would have mutated. So every year we have a vaccine for flu, which is also a virus. I don't personally get it, obviously, but it's offered every year. The reason it's offered yearly is because the virus mutates. So we have to keep having the vaccine. So if anybody thinks they're going to have the vaccine just once, that can't happen for a virus. It's going to be something that's offered to you very regularly. Anyway, you know, you talked about PCR tests, you know, all those terms are quite medical. What exactly is the PCR test? Yeah. Um, the, it's basically the test that they're doing that it's looking for um, disease matter, I guess. So they have it because this is an RNA DNA virus, okay. it's looking for RNA DNA disease matter. But I don't believe it's specifically looking for this strain of virus. Um, they're just picking up disease matter. So you can have disease matter in the respiratory system for many different reasons, many different reasons. It doesn't necessarily have to be so a, a, a classic example I lost my mum to a condition called chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and that's because she smoked for 40 years she had asthma she had very bad lungs and she lost a lot of lung capacity um, she would have had if she'd had a test for COVID she it very likely that it would have come back positive because she would have had disease matter in her lungs but that doesn't necessarily mean it's this particular strain so uh, it's very vague. Um, they're saying that this test result gives 80%, this particular testing kit gives 80% um, false readings. 80% false readings, but that's not a reliable test. Why are we wasting so many decisions on, on a test that we can't trust? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I... It's pretty much alarming because a lot of the things being said sounds negative and we keep getting numbers each day and numbers keep rising. Even here in Africa, Nigeria, where I stay, we just keep seeing numbers. But the thing is, a lot of people will tell you, go to the hospitals and you see you hardly find people dead, uh, really um, having chronic coronavirus cases, let's say. So... It's so much like ludicrous, you know, that's just the perfect word. It's so, it's so, um, um, it's unbearable because a lot of people have been affected. Businesses, people have lost their jobs. People can't see their family. There's someone that had to, had to come down to Nigeria to bury her, her dad. She can't come because she was told to stay back. You can't travel. And a lot of things is affecting the, you know, well-being of people for something that is really false. Mm -hmm. So it's so alarming. It's super alarming. You see, even talking about the virus right now, you know, I mean the vaccination. The vaccination of the COVID-19, I was going through the, um, by Dr. Seth Garak, I was going through um, that video and he was talking about the viruses, I mean the vaccine, the ingredients of the vaccine. He talked about, um, I wrote it all down, aluminum, formaldehyde, preservatives, a lot of things that are very unhealthy for people to, you know, have in their body. Um, MRC5, human fetal tissue cells from a tiny baby, you know, an aborted baby. And, you know, um, he also talked about uh, aluminum salts, um, monkeys, kidney, DNA, a lot of weird things just for a virus. And I'm like, why are we going to have all this? Now, um, looking at one other um, doctor that spoke about it, she, she was almost crying. She said, this is not just a vaccine, but it's a nanotechnology where they have a lot of things like, uh, you know, very tiny robots that can pass through the syringe into human blood. 
and they can take note of anything you're doing. You're sleeping, you're walking, you're eating, anything you're doing. There's an AI, you know, an artificial intelligence being set aside just to monitor that person. So the entire thing is looking really spooky, I would say. And it's something that I think the world should be aware of. So what do you think about these ingredients? And I think you'd need to advise a lot of people out there because You've been in this for so many years. Um, I think it was two days ago I posted on my Facebook page. I posted it before, but um, lots of people were asking for it again. So I posted um, a list according to the CDC website from 2017 in alphabetical order, all the ingredients of a vaccine. Um, and it's a very long list. And yes, it 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 it. it includes MRC5 cells, which are taken from aborted fetuses. It includes fumarosol, which is a derivative of mercury. Um, it includes um, so many levels of toxicity that the body is unable to deal with all in one go. Uh, even if you gave it individually, it would overcompromise the immune system. It's, it's a very extensive list, and I, I still don't know, even after all this research, why half of those ingredients are in there. They use um, heavy metals, like aluminium and mercury, um, as adjuvants, and adjuvants are to stimulate the immune system because the virus wouldn't be enough because it's an attenuated strain of the virus. So the attenuated means weakened. So they've weakened the virus, but for the, for the body to react to this, you then have to put something else in, which is really poisonous, to prod the immune system into a reaction. Oh so God. that's why they use them. The aborted fetal cells, I have no idea. I have no idea why that is used. But what I do know is there's very little testing into the health of how that affects humans, especially long-term, and especially when used with other ingredients alongside it. So the biggest thing with vaccines is the lack of testing, the lack of long-term studies. Um, that is the biggest issue. It's not the fact that we are being given a virus so our immune system then recognises a virus when we come into contact with it. It's the extensive list of ingredients, the lack of testing, the lack of long-term studies, the fact that these companies have legal immunity. They've been given legal immunity so you cannot sue them if, you're, if, you, are, if you have any damage from um, receiving a vaccine. And what they have now, they have a clause in the UK, um, I'm not sure about other governments, but the UK have brought in a clause to state if you are damaged due to a vaccine that's given to you during a pandemic, you cannot sue anyone. You cannot sue the government. You cannot sue the what? company. It's that's it's it's been written in to government legislation. Any vaccines given during a pandemic, because they are rushed out and under tested, will not um, receive any compensation for de dead or damaged people, which is just crazy. Now, just remind people that the last vaccine that was rushed out during a pandemic was for the swine flu and the swine flu vaccine there was millions of pounds of compensation paid out so this clause is a new clause because of the swine flu i would imagine millions of pounds of compensation was paid out because it induced narcolepsy in people that received it so children and adults were getting narcolepsy narcolepsy is when a part of your brain just switches off and it sends you to instant sleep so you can no longer drive. You don't know if you can walk in the street alone because you could just fall to sleep instantly. Um, and that's, that's happened in a lot of cases, a lot of cases of narcolepsy after the swine flu um, vaccination, which is the last one that was rushed out. Um, it's, honestly, it is so corrupt. It is so corrupt. It is quite frightening. Now, regarding the nanotechnology that you spoke about, we don't know for sure when the coronavirus vaccine comes, if that is something that's going to be incorporated. There is a lot of talk about that. I mean, you've only got to go to the ID2020 website, id2020.org, um, which has been set up by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And it shows you the kind of um, artificial intelligence that they want to use through nanotechnology where people have a chip so that they can be monitored. Um, and, and also we have a lot of talk in the UK about um, and I, I know it'll be it'll be rolled out worldwide because we're in a lockstep government at the moment. So what happens in one country usually follows suit in another. Um, the health passports. 
So health passports, whether it's going to be linked to something that you have to carry or linked to something that's inserted, but the health passport will allow you to travel internationally because they will be able to check that you're up to date on your vaccine schedule. Now, that says to me that we are probably on the cusp of having mandated vaccines meaning that unless you have your vaccines, then you cannot travel. Your children cannot go to school. You cannot. You'll be isolated. You'll be ostracized from society. You cannot participate in normal life <laughs> because you are, have been, you are unvaccinated. So I think this is where it's heading if we do not stand up and fight. You know, everybody was forced to put on the face masks. And um, that's what the doctor said. Now, if you've been forced to stay at home, you've been forced to put on the face mask, what's the next step? To be forced to be vaccinated, That's of it. course. So, you yeah. know. So, when. Yeah. Sorry, when I um, did my last Facebook Live about face masks and making face masks mandatory, my problem wasn't the fact that we all have to put on a face mask to go shopping my problem was that they were asking us to do this four months into a pandemic on a week that that, that the death figures showed only four percent of people were dying from covid so it's 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 passing now it's gone if even if you believe the figures it looks like it's going so why all of a sudden do we need to use a face mask it's not about stopping the spread of the virus it's a compliancy test Who's going to be compliant? Who's going to be a good little slave and do as they're told? And then we have a good idea of the next thing we introduce, how compliant they will be. So that's, that's basically what it was. It's a test for compliancy, I'm afraid. It's nothing to do with stopping the spread of a virus. Because if it was that important in stopping the spread of the virus, they would have told us on day one. Wow, you know, the way the virus just spreads so quickly, something I, I, just, I just stay a minute, I'm like, from China and it came to Africa, went to the entire world, everybody's trembling for this virus. It's, it's really scary. And, you know, a lot of people have um, brought it into um, calling it the end time, you know, the 666 mark, you know, and that's something I also want you to tell us about. Have you heard anything? Is there anything there even in the UK being talked about that, okay, this probably, you know, the mark of the beast, you know, and all that? Yeah, that kind of ties in with the artificial intelligence and the nanotechnology ID2020. There's also a school of thought that it won't be a chip, it will be a fingerprint um, because we've already been primed for that. If you have a look now, lots of people are opening doors with their fingers. They are... Um, I know that when my daughter started her high school, she had to give a fingerprint to use the school canteen. So we're already being primed because everybody has an individual fingerprint in that entire population. No two are the same. So it would be very easy to do that. So, yeah, there's there's lots of schools of thought around the mark of the beast. Um, it's I do think it's coming. If we do not stand up, and say no, um, and, and we continue along this line of compliancy, then I worry how much control they're going to gain over us. Uh, because the other thing that I'm seeing a lot of now is um, a push for cashless society. So um, at the moment, we have access to, to funds via cash and via our banks. If everything is bought online and we're, we're, we're hooked into a um, digital currency and we have no access to cash, what that means is we can be so easily controlled. If you are not following the rules, then they can just press a button and you cannot access any of your funds. That is utter control. Oh my God, <laughs> this is even becoming scarier, I must tell you, it's becoming scarier. Honestly, I think, I, I think they've had, well I know because I've been researching this for a long time and I think this has been planned for decades. So that's why they're not going to give up on their plans easily. They need this to happen. And when I say they, this isn't about... Boris Johnson in my country and uh, Donald Trump in the in the US they are just puppets they are just following orders from much higher up the world is run by bankers the world is run by bankers they're run by the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's 
Um, and this is this is how I started to look into this this stuff. So when I first started um, researching vaccines, and I started to see the corruption that goes on, not just in vaccines, but across the entire medical industry. One of the things I learned was in 1913, um, Rockefeller, who was an American oil tycoon, he decided at that point, all of medicine was herbs and homeopathy and naturopathy, and it was about um, healing through nature, plants. Um, at that point, he bought up all of the medical schools and he because he already owned all of the pharmaceutical companies and he went to the medical schools and said this is what you're going to be teaching now it's not going to be herbs and homeopathy and plants and natural medicine everything has to be based around pharmaceuticals and in that, that time he then started to vilify um, and discredit all of the people that were practicing in natural health and healing so that's that's how that started that's how the distrust started because a lot of money can be made from selling pharmaceuticals so it's only it's been in the last hundred years that we've completely changed how we offer health and medical advice we've completely changed how we treat how we teach our doctors and um, we've completely changed um, the the pattern in how our health is because if you look over the last 100 years we can now have the benefit of hindsight and we can see exactly how much health has deteriorated since they've made that change from natural healing to prescribed medication um, so everything is controlled uh, the, by these these bankers if you go to New York you've got the um, Rockefeller Center and that everything is coming from the top that's that's where the rules and regulations are being pushed down into the governments and creating lockstep governments it's not it's not you know naughty Boris naughty Donald they're just following rules they're puppets um, and the long-term goal is to gain as much control as possible from the, of, of, the, of the world population and an easy way to control us um, and to make us behave and to make us do exactly what they want us to do, you know, think how we want them to think, shop how that they want us to shop, that they could control that with all of these changes that they want to make. You know, bringing this into, into this, uh, the mark of the beast, because it's something that I'm a believer, and a lot of people tell you, okay, um, haven't seen this in the Bible. I know something for sure. The, the mark of the beast, uh, of the beast cannot, cannot be given until after the rapture. So definitely after the rapture, that's when whatever control they can have, uh, you know, on people, control what they do, know where they are, you know, and all that. And whoever doesn't have that mark of the beast, they can locate you, maybe using this proposed vaccine to know your location so that if you're not raptured, you can be located. That's just the way I'm like, okay, I think this is it. So I think the, the major thing here is just for us to, to aspire to be raptured. Like, let's believe that we're going to be raptured because it, it goes beyond religion. This is beyond religion. It's not something that people should be religious about. It's something that people should have yeah. faith, believe, and trust. You know, it's a personal relationship with God. And there's not, you know, the Bible is super complete. And he, it's all in the Bible where all this we're mentioned. You know, talking about this vaccine thing, I mean, uh, of the mark of the beast. And, you know, and everything is just connecting gradually and connecting gradually. So having vaccine and having people looking for power and more power and more power to control the entire world is something that I think um, it calls for us to rise up. Rise up if we believe that, if we think that we don't want this to happen, we don't want this, you know, the, the plan of, let's say, those power seekers or, you know, people that are tyrannical about power, you know, we just have to, them not achieve their own plan by believing that we can and uh, you know connecting more with God that's just how we need to do this coming together because I saw um, in the UK there's a plan to go out for um, 
in a kind of a protest, a peaceful protest, and there was a change of venue, something like that? Yeah, so on, on Sunday I spoke at um, Hyde Park in London um, for a peaceful protest, which was called Keep Britain Free, which was all about having the right to choose body autonomy, our body, our choice. We can choose um, if we wear a mask, we can choose if we have a vaccine. If other people want to say yes to it, that's fine. But personally for me, I, I, don't, I want to have the choice. So that's what that was about. I think we had about 300 people, but we will, the numbers will grow. It was our first event. The numbers will grow. Um, and people need to realize that, that there is now starting, a movement is starting to happen. We are starting to um, create a momentum and other people are beginning to wake up to what is going on. So I've been looking into this for 10 years, but some people have only been looking into this for three or four weeks and they're like, what is going on? This doesn't make sense. So it's a bit of an awakening for them and it's going to be slow for them to react. And that's fine, um, but they need to join us because we have to keep reminding ourselves that these people that I'm talking about that want to take control, they are the 1%. They are only 1% of the world. We are the 99%. So we need to reclaim our power. We need to stand up and say, we do not tolerate this. We do not consent to this. And you as the 1%, cannot force us to do that because this this power that they have over us is a complete illusion um people are frightened that they're going to fine us and take our businesses away and stop us from traveling that that can only happen if we allow them to take our power if everybody stood up or a very large percentage of people stood up and said no we're not. We're going to open our businesses anyway, and there's nothing you can do about it. They can't come and close every business in the country. Absolutely. They can't find every single person in the country. We've got the power, if there's enough of us, to stand firm and united and say, no, that's not happening. And then we can create a real movement, and that, that's, that's where we're heading. I see it. I see it very slowly happening now. When I first started to put things on Facebook 14 weeks ago about what I believe was happening in this situation – People was calling me crazy. Um, but now, yeah, people do still call me crazy, but not as many. And I do have people coming to me, for, are saying to me, I thought you was crazy weeks ago, but now I can see it's actually happening. Because when they start to say, see their own government saying, oh, we really messed up on the figures, and oh, there's a lot of false positives being given, and oh, we've been certifying death certificates wrong, and oh, you can go to a pub with your friends and drink in a pub, but you can't go and have a wedding reception after you've been married. It does, <laughs> nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. So you can go to the supermarket with your dad, but you, your dad can't come uh, walk you down the aisle in your wedding day. So... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, nothing makes sense. And this is what's making people start to question, hang on a minute, I've been living my life by your rules and your rules don't make sense. So why should I carry on? So that's where we're at now. Yeah, yeah. You know, wrapping up right now, because this, this entire thing is something that I should have placed in episodes because I have loads of more things that I would have loved to talk about. But to keep it really short and... Uh, simple for people that <laughs> that might not be able to grasp the entire value that you're giving here i want to know what advice do you have for those people that are out there and they're still kind of doubting this you know, i know a lot of people are still doubting because at a point i was like i don't understand why is the government giving figures and people are coming and saying no the government figures are not okay here in africa too yeah they've gotten a cure they've not gotten a cure they've done that so a lot of things like you know, they have been playing around with people that are mature, people that have businesses and have families. That means they've been playing around with them. What advice do you have for people that are still in that level of um, unbelief in this entire matter? Um, I would say that they need to question everything. So even when I post things on my page and people say, well, that's not true, that's fine, you can question me as well. Question absolutely everything. But if, if something doesn't make sense to you, if you hear it on the news, which I don't recommend you watch because they're pushing an agenda, um, it's all going to be agenda driven. But if, if you hear something and it doesn't make sense to you, then go and do the research and look into that for yourself. Because one thing that I say to all of the, my friends and followers, the truth is learned, never told. 
So you, if somebody tells you something, it's not the truth until you've gone and learnt about it. Because we, uh, if somebody tells you something, they might have given you a belief, but it's up to you to then go and get the evidence for that belief. So the truth is learned, never told. If there's something that you want, you, you hear about and it doesn't make sense and you need more information, then you need to go and research it. Um, and don't believe for one second that this is something that if we follow all the rules, everything's going to go back to normal and everything will be fine because that is not what's going to happen. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and you're going to wish that you'd questioned it earlier. So if things don't make sense now, ask yourself why that might be. The biggest question that I get is, but why would they want to do that? What, what have they got to gain? You know, they want to control people. They want to um, manipulate people's every move so they can make you shop in certain places, um, even to the point where you can only leave your house at certain times so you've got a curfew. Utter control of somebody's life um, so that it makes their job so much easier. And then we also have the question of population control, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, but if... If people, if people are already trying to deal with underlying medical conditions and then they have this vaccine, which God knows what it's going to have in it and it's going to overstimulate the immune system, I don't know if that's something that is going to work out well for them. Um, is that going to be a form of population control, whether it's immediate or in the long term? Who knows? So that population control is on their radar. So just question this if you question nothing else. Why are we taking advice from a set of people about how to stay alive when one of their biggest issues is controlling the amount of people in this world? Because they don't want to keep people alive. They don't want to keep them thriving. They need to whack a big percentage off the amount of people that are living in this world right now. Um, there are nicer ways to do it, <laughs> much nicer ways to do it. But, the yeah, the, I, I think it's it, this is... It, there's a lot there's a lot of agenda it's not just one thing you know why would they want to do that it's not a simple answer look into that for yourself um because you'll find your own truth in that but never in the history of government have they been out for our interests yeah it's just majorly majorly personal interest and they come out with the propaganda and promise you a lot of things, you know. <laughs> you know, here a comedian said something that's pretty funny, but it's a serious thing he said. He said, every four years, they subscribe and buy their time. Every four years. And tell them, hey, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to give you a job. And we keep hearing that every four years. So they buy the time for four years and renew the offer after four years. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> people fall for it time and time again people fall for it um and somebody said to me yesterday on my page just just take the vaccine when it comes out because we want to go back to normal and i just thought <laughs> really <laughs> is that really what you believe because uh, it's not going to be a normal that we would ever recognize if 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 we get to that point where they're they're forcing and at the moment just to point out there isn't legislation where they can in the uk where they can pin you down and vaccinate you unless you've been detained under the mental health act that that can't happen but what they can do is ostracize you from society they say okay if you don't want to have the vaccine that's fine but your children can't go to school you can't use this particular facility you can't come on any public transport you can't leave the country you can't, they will clamp down that way so they'll make your life impossible unless you've had the vaccine that's how they'll make it mandatory so it's not going to be forced, hold you down and vaccinate you because yeah. that's a violation of your human rights unless that legislation is changed because legislation is changing daily at the moment so um, who knows what, what's going to be the next thing that's put through but at the moment that's it's a violation of human rights so they it will be um an exclusion from society wow. you know I, I know i know we have this can go on and on and on for hours because yeah. i do watch your live sessions and you come on and you talk for a, a long time engaging and giving out value because this entire thing is it said the knowledge is power but knowledge is not power until it is applied so some of you that's listening to this i, I don't want you to just take it lightly i want you to just think about it.
And uh, yeah, as you said, Jack, you know, it's just for us to think everything and ask questions. Anything you, you have in mind and you doubt it, just ask questions. Make your research and definitely you're going to see proof. So if it's something that's not a lie, just like um, this man, uh, man, Napoleon Hill, he said something in one of his laws. He said um, the law of, you know, not believing anything, not believing the news because actually I personally don't believe the news anymore. A lot of lies on there because they're being sponsored and paid and so there's so much lies out there. I wouldn't even go there. Let alone, you know, all the social media posts from people that are trying to, you know, find their own food and be supported and be sponsored by those people. And a lot of evil just multiply. So the bottom line of this is question every single thing. And also the other thing I would say is follow the money trail. Because, you know, if you've got somebody like me saying something, I have no financial motivation in speaking about this because actually I could lose my business. I could lose a lot of, 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 of um, credentials because I'm speaking against the grain. But when you have government and um, doctors um, and then you read reports and studies, have a look at who's funding them. Have a look at what the gain is there for that to be in existence, for that thing to be said. Follow the money trail all the time because it's very interesting. Once you start to follow the money, it sometimes it will. A lot of the time, it all comes back to the same set of people. You're going if you follow the money trail, you're going to see the name Bill Gates quite a lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I think I saw a video of where he was dancing, and someone said, uh, "I think I don't know. I think I saw it on your timeline." There's always like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's dancing after, you know, taking a lot of lives. I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, a lot of weird things that he, because he actually said, I don't, I didn't want to even talk about that, but he actually said something that made a lot of people to be like, why would he say that? He said, you know, for the world to come back to normal, everybody must be vaccinated. Why would you say that? Why? Why? What right do you have to say that? So that made me question so many things about his entire technology. I'm even very careful with my computers right now. So maybe I have to learn to turn off my, <laughs> deactivate my cameras or close them off when I'm not, you know, because you don't know what they're building. Everything is just so micro. All the nanotechnology is expanding and yeah. get, growing really fast because they're no longer talking about, you know, just, here on Earth, they're talking about all the planets this time around. So a lot of weird things coming up, a lot of weird technology, which is why I will always advise people, just living that good life is not about being religious. I tell people I'm never religious. I just try my best to, to pray because if you've not gotten the proof that God exists, you do a lot of weird things. Some people tell you, I don't believe God exists. I can kill, I can do whatever I want. They, they, you know, they want power because they don't know that there's someone with the main power. So the thing that the Bible tells us about is love your neighbor as yourself. So if you love your neighbor as yourself, you definitely will not come up with a plan to, you know, just control all the humans. They have their rights, spiritual, physical rights. They have it. Yeah. So coming up with something that affected the entire world. I've been hearing different stories about the virus. There's a weapon. Is it that? I just don't know which to believe. So a lot of weird stories coming up about this. But the important thing is building a relationship with your maker, having that faith, having that love, because love is power. Okay, I, I you know, I met you personally. Everything is just about love. Sharing is love. You have love for people. You love people. That was why you came. You you took the risk of uh, coming online, coming to Facebook, and talking about this often and warning people to take action. That's true love. So, And that's what's called gospel. That's good news because good news is not that it's sweet. Good news is warning, warning people against something. And still warning people against uh, you know the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is the rapture is certainly going to come back and take those people that love him back. Because he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and a heavy lot, and I'll give you rest. So what's the thing? Why would I kill my fellow man? If possible, it's just that it's not possible. 
for the devil to just repent. I want everybody to just, you know, be in that heaven that we talk about. It's just beyond being in heaven. It's about love. It's about just the true love. Love your neighbor. I mean, it's something that I can talk about all day, you know. Well, the other thing to think about with that is fear can't exist if when there's love. Because love is a pure, positive emotion and, and fear is quite a negative emotion. The two can't exist in the same space. So if, you're, if you just are always coming from a heart-centered space then, and a place of love, you, you will let, be able to let go of this fear. And so many people are living in fear right now because they've forgotten how to love. And that's why we've got people who are phoning the police because someone's not wearing a mask, phoning the police because their neighbor's gone out and they're not supposed to go out. You know, that's because they're fearful. Let go of the fear, feel the love, and everything will be cool. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to say a big thank you to you. I want to say a big thank you to you, Jacqueline. I really appreciate this privilege of having you come on and share so much value, information. And we actually look forward to having you on another podcast where we'll be talking more because... This, this podcast today is an eye-opener. I know a lot of people will be jumping in and asking a lot of things, but the thing is, it's an eye-opener for a lot of people. I want to say a big thank you to you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, welcome. So, um, everybody listening, I want you to please not just listen to the podcast and begin to go ahead and have your questions, but don't just mutter things. You can drop the questions if, even if you have, have access to Maybe we'll post this on Facebook and other social media platforms on YouTube. You can actually drop your comments on there. I will be glad to answer any questions that we are able to answer. So thank you so much, Jacqueline, and have a great day. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Discover yourself, grow, and transform your world here at Smiley Talks with your host, Joseph Paul Smile.